Welcome back, Rejects, from our unsuspected hiatus. And if you want to find out why we're on a hiatus, check out our Drunkopoly tribute episode that we just published. Yeah, I am rolling with it. All right, well, it's unexpected or unsuspected. Listen, we went on a hiatus. We're taking a new approach. All right, we're fucking sending it. First. Listen, it's fitting because I'm talking about our drunk Opoly episode that we just did, okay? But if you listen to that episode, you will find out why we were gone for a little bit. We had some audio issues and we just had a lot of life events just occur to where we couldn't really record. However, life. Yeah, life happened. However, as we say that, we want to thank you, our audience, because somehow in that time frame, we almost doubled in that absence of who is listening to us. And in that same time, we expanded the countries that where we have listeners to Canada, Australia, Germany, and Iceland, who all joined the Uh-oh. UK and of America, of who is listening to us bullshit weekend week out of our pre-topic shenanigans slash banter and just our main topics of what we just enjoy which sometimes is kind of fucked up because we tie some uh discussions that are disturbing which i realize are kind of my fault i don't see i heard this episode already oh i'm going going on this is this part was kind of a reminder to me to kind of just talk about because i just want to thank the people for listening to us but um i don't know about you guys but seeing this expansion in our absence has just gotten me excited about where this podcast can go. Yeah. Okay, that's all we got about that. All right, solid. So you went on a rampage. What's the script? Well, I was trying to lead you guys in a little bit to talk about what you guys feel about the future of the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, open script, and then we go into pre-topic banter. You went from, <laughs> let me read the first line, to... Okay, it's not my fault. I had like nine drinks tonight, all right? So shut up. Uh, that's kind of your fault. Okay, well, first of all, you guys should be on par where, where I am mentally, okay? We've been on hiatus where our brains are on vacation. So we're coming back, we're getting in steam. You know, I should you know, I should know better. You stick to this. You should know better. <laughs> I always said rejects. What do you think's gonna happen? Exactly. Oh, don't you start. You are quiet too. Okay, well, she's a hyena. Billy, don't you get excited here with our recent developments, our recent growth, and what this can become. Uh, a little scared about Germany, not going to lie. Well, just because you're Jewish, just means be afraid, all right? I did see a report lately that uh, anti-Semitism and neo-Nazism is on the rise in Germany, but you should be all right. Stay in Bavaria. I think they're okay. Yeah, Iceland seems pretty cool. Because <laughs> Iceland just sits on You get soaked in water. I heard they're pretty green this time of year. That's Greenland. <laughs> Iceland is green and Greenland is ice. Don't yeah, you know, do you know yeah, why? The Vikings did it to fuck with people. Boom, he gets it. That's why I made the joke. You know what? Let's just move on. God damn it. We'll just move on and try, try our best to stay on You went off script on the first line. You, you full fucking said it, bud. 
He full sending it off the fucking I'm edge. sorry. Okay, first of all, okay. For some reason, you two let me do whatever I want with a script, podcast, and everything, and nobody has stopped you, okay? <laughs> Wait, you read the first line and went, you know what? First of all, it's like three lines. I'm jumping off this bitch. And I'm no, just... when you said unsuspected hiatus, I was just like, oh, oh. Yeah. That's in the script, unsuspected hiatus. That's literally one, two, three, four, six and seventh word. You she skipped everything else in between. No, I didn't. Pretty much. No, I just added a few syllables here and there. <laughs> Anyways, would you like to finish our intro? Yes, I would love to finish the intro and then watch me go off script again. For our main topics today. For our main topics today, we finish the Bible John series, which I started a month ago. Hashtag off topic. <laughs> the Well Street Haunted House of Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, just to make it clear for our German friends. And Old Fort Erie, which Billy just realized about 30 minutes ago that he had to do today. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was doing an asylum. Nope, Old Fort, Old Fort Erie. Well, I already listened to this episode, and it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> when you're drunk. As always, as you can tell, we will full send this episode. So let's get into it with our pre-topic banter, starting with paying our respects to Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. Take it away, Billy. Uh, Terry Funk, legend of professional wrestling. Many people of probably listeners of this podcast do not realize I love pro wrestling. So yesterday we lost Harry Funk, who is a legend. And today we lost Bray Wyatt, who is, would be a future legend. So RIP to those dudes. Yeah, Bray Wyatt was unexpected. So if things come in threes, who's going to be the third one? You shut your mouth. And if you, you shut one, the fuck up. <laughs> if you woo once, we're going to have a divorce before we get married. <laughs> Why would I woo? People have tragically okay, passed. We don't tell them. What kind of monster do you think I am? Okay, good. Someone fucking keep an eye on Sting, though. He's wrestling on uh, Sunday, so. Yeah. When anybody, anybody in there? No, no. Yeah, Mickey Rourke, this son of a bitch. You shush your mouth too. <laughs> We're not making this threes. Threes company. Shut up. R.I.P. Man, I just I seen Bray Wyatt three times live, and he is such a good performer. This hurts my heart. He's apparently what? like a super good dude too. He, but he was, dude, he was such a good performer. You know, some performers you see, and you're like, oh, their stage presence is so just terrible. Their acting skills are terrible. He was so good. He was so good. I never saw him live, unfortunately. Oh, just, it was amazing. Just just the way you captivate the audience, they dim the lights and everybody turns on their flashlights. And it's just like you just suck people in. Like a vacuum. For the record, I'm mixing a drink. <laughs> if anyone hears the, the liquid. Hey, we got a drink to pay respects to Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. Terry Funk for sure. I mean, Bray Wyatt, too, but Terry Funk was a drinker. There we go. Dude started wrestling in 1965 and retired in, like, 2019. 
All right. For anyone who could do a career that is that physical demand for 40 plus years. Yeah. I don't give a shit. That is impressive. And he was doing like deathmatch shit. All right. I'm going to take a drink to that. That that That's impressive. Yeah. It's Harry Funk Onita exploding ring match. Amazing. I can't get to my higher 20s without bitching about physical labor. And he's doing that. The 90s were great. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was made. No, wrestling. The nineties and the wrestling were a crazy time. Yo, the attitude era. Yeah, think, what the fuck was that? The, the attitude era was insane. What was the era that I watched? Is that attitude era or is that attitude, something else? If you watch Stone Cold, the Rock, like Stone Cold, um, the Undertaker is my guy. What Yeah. The um, oh, who were the brothers? Miss the oh, Hardy brother, the Hardy boys. Hardy brothers. Yeah. That's the attitude. Yeah, there's still oh. wrestling too. Yeah, so I, I know Triple H is still wrestling every now and then. No, and, uh, not really. no, it doesn't. No, no, yeah. no. He, he had a heart attack. He doesn't wrestle anymore. Too much oh. juice, bro. Too much juice. Well, wasn't a couple years ago he was wrestling? He did a wrestling match? He, makes yeah. he doesn't wrestle. Okay, that's how I was thinking of. Okay. He's like chairman of the board and shit, too. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Who, who? Kane. I like Kane. Kane really doesn't. So we're Which, talking like. Why are you still like. Yeah. And Undertaker. 2000, 2001. Uh, See, I'm trying to remember if I watched it. Was he a biker? Yeah, he's a biker. <laughs> was he dead oh, or man. a biker? I was going to say, you had to watch him when John Cena was still around. Because John Cena retired maybe like six, seven. Not retired, he but he really just stuff. stopped coming around. I'm trying to think he, back like when I you were kid yeah like i don't like he doesn't stick out because i was stuck on like triple h and you Stone probably Cold saw and... the the birth of ruthless aggression yeah he probably was gangster back then he wasn't all about righteousness and no and i, I think, think when i stopped think watching right before it that. when i hit the age where i realized it was fake and it just ruined it for him like it was scripted wrestling is fake no ufc is fake oh, my entire life is a lie Oh my god, I'm a terrible person. Listen, I seen, I'll edit this out. I seen where fucking um John Cena's nose was broken by Seth oh, Rollins. Yeah, Seth Rollins needed so hard Rollins. to fuck his face. Like you regardless of how much you choreograph things, shit happens. Those stunts are real. Oh no, especially when they like they slam them down on their back and all that yeah, shit. It went yeah. from you can't see me to you can't see me. That shit was real. Yeah, they put the botch roll. Don't up. you want to go to a deathmatch thing? I would love to go to a deathmatch thing. I would love I went to Royal Rumble and it was amazing. I would love to go to TLC. Oh, uh, do WrestleMania would just be amazing. They come to books for every now and then. It's been really in two years. Raw or SmackDown comes like I would. I mean, I wouldn't mind getting trashed and going there, but this SmackDown is no in in Raw. It's just they lost their genesis walk. Okay, if I can go and Pat McAfee is there, I'll be happy. And he probably won't be. He's not there often anymore. Yeah, because he's signed. He he's uh, now doing uh, ESPN's uh, College Game Day, so now he's. Uh, more focus on that. Yeah. And uh, why is he gone? Well, why? What? What? Is that football back? I was, I was trying to be a segue there. <laughs> yes. You know what? Fuck it. I'll take the segue. Football is 
Kenny Pickett, five offensive drives this preseason, five touchdowns. Let's fucking go. Super Bowl or bust. I'm ready to be hurt again. <laughs> there was Listen, so much uh, the Ravens, As for the Ravens, their preseason win streak is over because that mattered ever. Listen, the Washington Redskin football team commanders sold to a new group, including Magic fucking Johnson. He defeated AIDS, and now he defeated the Baltimore's preseason win streak. They are back. That just yeah. proves that AIDS is stronger than ever. No, it just proves that Washington playing their first strings for a half a game and Baltimore playing their second and third strings the whole time. Chemo can't beat me. Also, it came down to a field goal to win it. Yeah. But still, <laughs> fucking Washington Commanders Redskins football team is back with Josh Harris at the helm of that team. They still suck. Oh, they're you know, this gonna be terrible. Yeah. They will be. Oh, I don't know who's going to be worse, them or the Giants. Nah, Giants are going to do a little better. Unless Saquon gets hurt, then they're going to be fucking tanked. Oh, Saquon's getting hurt. In Pride Month, yeah. Pride Month's in fucking July, or June. June. I said they're more confused and scared. Yeah, that's why they have Pride Month in June, so the Giants can focus on football. (laughs) But they're not even the best football team in New York now. Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. Hard Knocks has turned so damn right. He better do something because I have him in one of my fantasy leagues. And, Me too. And he better do something for at least some. He is all about bit. that team. He is reunited with an offensive coordinator who won him an MVP. I feel like he threw away last season just because he could. No, he doesn't. He he he, he can't do that. He totally he did not did. play. He did maybe not towards play the end Aaron, of the season. He did not play Aaron Rodgers' best. So this is a four-time MVP. Four-time MVP. He's like, you know what? Meh. No, hard not Unle- to rule for the Jets. Yeah, it's it's hard not to. Unless Miami or the Patriots get that get Jonathan Taylor now he's in the trade block. I fuck the Jets can take this division. Or Buffalo. Buffalo can take him to Jonathan Taylor. I'm not rooting for no Jets, but I, I'm rooting for Aaron Rodgers to make something for himself. Listen, there's the Steelers, and then there's storylines that just make you feel good. No, Jets have the worst. They're they're one of the worst fans out there. I'm just, I, no. I've been to a Steelers-Jets game. They burned terrible, terrible towels. That's why they fucking suck. It's they a curse. steal them from the fucking actual fans and burn them. You're in New York. What do you think is going to happen? The MetLife City. Yeah, that's a point. Uh, you're right. It's in, it's New, in Jersey. Jersey. That's worse. Jersey. East Rutherford, New Jersey. It's Dude, yeah. It's a shit stadium. They it's tried worse. to put a paint over to make it look like a nice stadium. It is ass. It is. You know when Aaron Rodgers went there, someone tried pointing out that oh look, Giants, Giants, Giants. There's like there's nothing Jets related at the stadium, and he was just like, mm-hmm. just change. He, he bought in so much into New York City, into the Jets, where I am just excited to see what happens. I, I really hope he does something. Well, it, it's kind of funny because like, it's just interesting because it's like following this recent trend where a team sells out for a veteran quarterback who they know wins. Because he had Tampa do with Tom Brady, Rams do it Matt Stafford, both won a Super Bowl. But then Denver did it with Arsenal Wilson, and they did terrible. They, they became dog shit. Oh, I didn't think they Dude. would do that. They were dog shit. Compare what 
what Russell Wilson's capable of, they were dog shit. Well, now Sean Payton's in there. Well, you have the Jets, so. Yeah, but with the Jets, you have a defensive rookie of the year, Sauce Gardner, offensive rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, who would have been offensive rookie of the year. Great linebackers, great D-line, offensive line, not great. Jets are going to be a-, a problem. Unless they're facing against Pittsburgh, because Kenny Pickett is a dark horse of the MVP. The Pickett fans will guard him, and he will do great things. His tiny hand will oh do big God, things. That pl- that, that's what I'm calling offensive line, the pick offense all year long. And that ball looks yeah, mighty sure. big and it was small. Well, even when he gets hurt? <laughs> Listen, he took three fucking concussions and still kept playing, all right? Listen, his small hands are going to look really big, especially with George Pickens and fucking Deontay Johnson catching those mean, I have pick, Yeah, Pickens. And don't forget, Fryer. Move! Probably the smallest thing he's gonna have in his hand. I can't hate. I can't hate Fryer. I don't know why. Fryer is a fucking man. He's right? the man. And Anthony calls it. I can't stand it. <laughs> I'll sit there. I'm like, this is prime. It happened game. the second preseason game. I'm like, listen, prime Fryer territory. One play later, touchdown, move. It's annoying. He will look at me like we'll be watching TV and then he'll get in my face and just spit and breathe in my atmosphere in the uncomfortable range of this is prime moves territory. And I'm over here windshield wipers You're with my glasses. Bubble. And by time I by time I see it again, the crowd is going because I told you prime move. Territory spits in my glasses all over again. It's already second down. And what's great is we all play each other in fantasy this year. I don't like this game. I'm gonna make some bets this year. I'm gonna play collusion, but I'm gonna hate everybody. No, I'm gonna play some bets this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against both of y'all when we play. No bets. Uh, no. I actually think of something very nice to do for bets. I'm going off script again. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. To where. We just come up with something like if we're playing against Billy, a case of beer bed or something. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be something nice as our, as our audience has grown. Do a charity bet where if you lose, charity you have to pay bet. money to a charity of the other person. Well, I can get in. That's okay. Yeah. So you, you, you get a fucking case of beer well, we do or, that for- a, or a cheap bottle or something else, whatever, whatever the appropriate parties agree on. And then you pay, I don't know, 10 bucks into a charity or something. It might, it's not going to be huge, but something that uh, their person finds significant. Well, we are All the right, four one best rule. Friends. What's the one rule? You can't just pick a fucked up one to make them donate to a fucked up one. Afghans for Afghanis? Like, you're not getting me to donate no, to I'm- the Ku Klux Klan, right? No. <laughs> Jesus. No. No, I was being, I was actually being wholesome for one point in my life. No, are you, this is something we just find. Hashtag blue square. Oh, this is going to go downhill. <laughs> well, there's a beer bet and a charity bet. What'd you say? That would not going downhill. Oh, no. Oh, Billy, you're getting a little choppy there. Bum, bum, bum. Fuck, we'll roll with it. Because I'm just saying, I'm going to burn y'all this year, just like Hawaii. Oh, that's a poor joke. 
Oh, horse transition. Dude. Yeah, it's pretty nice bad. Down there. Segue. I, I had to think of something, all right? Yeah, well, I came in like for armor on that one. Oh, came in like a wrecking ball. It was 1941. It's not too soon. <laughs> Both of you were very, very poor. You guys are acting very coconuts. I was going to say, wasn't this location the next Firefest? No. Hey, that one's not dirty. I feel dirty on that one. But I put the lime in the coconut and I shake it all up. Moving on from terrible pearly time jokes. What is going on on in Hawaii is just terrible. I saw a picture of an elderly couple that just perished in the fire. And I was like, oh, sadness. Yeah, we're going there. And why do you think I deleted Facebook? I drank a lot, so you have to deal with my randomness. That's fair. Yeah. No, it, it, I. there are some charities out there and some donations to give to. Please do it. There's a lot of people on there who could use it. I'm considering they're on an island and they're trapped and there's a fire on the island. They have nowhere to go. It's where the Anawise live, I think. Didn't California just flood too from a hurricane? There's a lot of people. Uh, yeah. Thank God we live in Pennsylvania. Don't say that. Jesus hates the West Coast. <laughs> God hates the West Coast. Keep going out of California. But apparently. Huh? It was a jackass thing. Keep God out of California. But according to you two, to what I've been hearing today, um, that's not the only disaster that's coming onto us. We have the Kobe Boogaloo. Uh, quarantine too. It's only southern. The second coming. The north winds again. Those ones who didn't believe in masks the yeah. first time. <laughs> but hear me out. Here's what's going to happen. Winter's coming up here. The Florida birds are going to go down to Florida and come back up here and infect all of us again. Quarantine too. Listen, who needs masks down there when they have incest? Yeah, that's the best medicine. I mean, it's not their time. Billy, you're cutting out bad. Oh, uh-oh. Real raggy. Why do you have woke fucker? No, it's like intermittent. Like, it just randomly, it just... Cuts out a little bit. Now the reason to move up here, so we don't have to deal with this. Yeah, I know. It's okay. We'll deal with it. We dealt with worse. But why do you have your well? Fuck our wedding. Because you never make it our pre-topic <laughs> banter. To be fair, I didn't touch any of this pre-topic banter except for Hawaii. You made segue every single one of them. Oh, I just made a segue for that comments one. Comments for every single. No, I'm saying you never make our wedding a pre-topic banter ever. Ever. I want to just comment on the podcast. You can edit it out if you choose. Like, you not choose everything. I'm just saying, you never bring up our wedding. It's literally two weeks away. And we've been doing a podcast for months. And you never Whoa, talk about what it. Wedding? See? Billy doesn't even know. He's a groomsman. Of a course wedding? he knows. Oh, yeah? Yeah, me. We're going. Me, you, and our uh, monk cards. Fuck yeah. Hey, get married like two weeks. Our last episode I brought it up because I said that we had we're gonna be on a hiatus, and we actually took one right after that. 
because we lost the audio for that episode. And then we just got in. It's on an accident. Yeah. So, you know, it all worked out. Before that, we were talking about other things for the wedding. They're in the episodes. Any more comments on that? No. You want to publicly call me out or anything else? Uh oh. Not on air. Making anxiously waiting our return of Bible John. (laughs) For a month. We have been trying to get back to the second and finale part of Bible John. The serial killer, allegedly, never caught. Should I spoil something? Nah, that was in the last episode. You piece of Bible verses. <gasps> Gosh. Hit the undo button. Okay, undo, undo. Oh, I do want to undo, but I'm afraid to touch it. <laughs> It'll undo what you just undid. So if I undo what I undid, I can undo what I undid. Uh, Does he tell you? I think there's no way to go forward, Jess. What? Does he tell you who built the ark? Noah? <gasps> God damn it. All right. We'll trash this episode too. I thought it was All right. Moses. No, it's Noah. I didn't think about that for a second. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's called Noah's Ark. However, did you know in the original Bible, Moses did not cross the Red Sea? He split it. No, he didn't. In the original Bible, he just went through a swamp or a marsh. He brews it. Well, that's when they make coffee, yes. Because uh, he was a Jew. Uh, yeah, he, he was. He's a prisoner in Germany. I'm sorry. He's probably one of the more notable, notable, notable Jews like Abraham and Adam Sandler. Yeah, he brews his coffee. Yeah, he does brew his coffee. Okay. So, Bible John, part two. Huh? Hey, you don't want to be stead. I don't know. Because I never found out who did it. Ooh. Just saying for a second. Well, welcome back, Rejects, to the conclusion of my segments on the infamous serial killer, Bible John. For the second time. On For the second time. But you don't know that because it was deleted last time. I listened to it. It's fucked. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. On today's segment, I will be detailing some of the more infamous people that were accused of killing the three women after a night of dance. Let's get into it. Our first possible suspect is a convicted felon by the name of John White, Chief Inspector Les Brown for the Strathclyde Police Department, supplied investigators with information about White after arresting him in 1969. Nice. Chief Brown believed that White was a likely suspect. However, he was dismissed due to not having the overlapping front teeth that we discussed in the part one of this series. According (laughs) Beaver John, (laughs) the forgotten beaver from Angry Beavers. He's just chilling the Bible. According to Chief Brown, he believed White to be a suspect due to him loudly arguing with a young woman in the Barland Ballroom immediately prior to his arrest. However, White was soon released despite resembling the composite sketch, and police later learned he provided a fake name and address. 
despite some detectives and a police sergeant believing him to be the best su suspect, the powers that be decided to release him, citing that the lack of overlapping teeth was sufficient enough to prove he was not the killer. And if you remember from the first... Go on. Oh, I was going to say, if you remember from the first uh, part of the series, the three women that were killed all went to the barrel and ballroom before they were uh, found dead. Yeah, these cops, though, uh, a little sketchy. I think I brought that up the first time we recorded this. There's like, ah, well, this guy, big name, address. Ah. Yeah, well, they only realized it was a fake address after they released him, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a little. Yeah, not not the best uh, police work. Several years later, the same man would be arrested outside the ballroom and taken to a local hospital following a round of fisticuffs. Ooh, a downy bro. However, after having handcuffs removed, he immediately escaped the hospital, and records would show that he provided another false name, John White, to police and hospital staff. And this is where the uh, John White name comes from. They're really slipping up here. On top of matching the physical description, Chief Brown believed that the demeanor also made him a suspect. In 2005, Chief Brown would release an autobiography including why and how he felt about this situation. And the individual here surprisingly came forward and provided a DNA sample that eliminated him as a suspect. Pretty ballsy move, but it paid off. Aha, uh -huh, ballsy. Aha! Uh -huh. Oh, we're bad at it. These blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh. In 1983, an anonymous tip came to Strathclyde Police from a man who claimed that his friend was Bible John, stating that he and his friend were both raised in the Cranhill District of Glasgow and both frequently attended the Barland Ballroom in the 1960s. Apparently, it just kind of clicked to him that his friend was a murderer a whole five years after reading an article in the Evening Times, a local newspaper. The alleged suspect was found living in the Netherlands, married to a Dutch woman, and nothing more was ever really heard from the suspect or the person who made the claim. So they hey, kind of... Maybe that might be Jerry. <laughs> In the years following the Bible John killings, numerous women came forward that they were sexually assaulted after spending an evening at the Barland. One woman by the name of Anna Martin claimed to being sexually assaulted and raped by Bible John believing she even fathered her child, a boy named Isabel, at Glasgow Royal Maternity Hospital in January of 1970. In April of 1969, Martin had gone to the ballroom and ended leaving the dance hall with a tall man who she engaged in coitus with. The man then gave Martin a ride home. However, she would end up vomiting in his car, because who would ever do that? claiming she did so because he began to get aggressive aggressive with her, which terrified Hannah. The driver then tossed her out of the car and drove off, leaving her stranded in some city street. Uh, author David Leslie believed this child could be the key to solving the crime. However, there was never really DNA or anything taken from the kid to kind of connect him to the possible uh, true identity of Bible John. Surprise Rose and kick your ass out of her car when you puke. 
Well, um, because she's a good woman. Because I am also surprised. Thanks, babe. You're welcome. In 1996, Strathclyde police exhumed the body of John Irvine McKines from a graveyard in Stonehouse, South Lancashire. He was not really a suspect himself, but he was a relative, a cousin to be specific, of one of the original suspects in the Bible John case. He was also related to a senior police officer, so theories of corruption and cover-ups, maybe? Hmm. At least the part where just boards are digging people up. Hey, you know, you said this last time, too. I did. (laughs) But still, like... He's like maybe a cousin. Yeah, Yeah, and they just dig him up. Why not? A DNA sample was taken from the body for comparison against semen samples found in stockings belonging to Helen Patak. Results were inconclusive, and the suspect was cleared of all allegations pressed against him in 1996. As another reminder... What's that? They cleared the dead guy. They cleared the uh, cut the uh, cousin that was uh, related to the dead guy. Yes. Oh, the maybe possibly cousin guy. Okay, got it. <laughs> and uh, just as another reminder, Helen Patak was the sister of the third and final victim. Or, oh, now I remind myself. She she might have been one of the three victims. Listen to the first episode to find out that answer. Back in time. As I mentioned in the last week's episode, many criminologists and investigators have theorized that convicted serial killer Peter Tobin may have been Bible John. In May of 2007, Tobin was convicted of raping, beating, and stabbing the death of Polish student Angelika Kluck, who died in 2006. Once again, it is the Poles who suffer. However, like I also mentioned, but will go into greater detail, Tobin moved to England in August of 1969, which was months before the final two murders occurred. He would reside in Brighton for the next 20 years with his wife. The police believed he was a suspect due to the violence he showed against his victims and that his work did not suggest the work of an amateur. One key difference is that Bible John left his victims out in the public, such as behind their apartments or in a garden, stuff of that nature while Tobin took time to hide his bodies away from the public eye. Well, he could have just gotten smarter. Yeah, you know, could have, you know, different changes here and there. Keep the police off the trail. Oh, I almost got caught that time. Oh, oh, I'm pulling him into this car. However, there are some striking similarities between the composite drawing of Bible John and Peter Tobin. Tobin's savings grace was the fact that he did not have red hair as shown in the drawing. Something that did hurt his chances was the fact that he had three former wives who all claimed to have been imprisoned, throttled, beaten, and raped by Tobin. One statement. Yeah, uh, not a great guy. He uh, might not have killed these uh, three uh, women, but still kind of a dick. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much an asshole. Yeah. Uh, definitely would be one in uh, hell. Um, one statement that did stick out by each one of wife was that he was particularly physically violent towards them during their period. A theory that authorities had was a key factor in Bible John's murder spree. Because if you remember, the three victims were all menstruating at the time of their deaths. Yeah. Uh, to- Damn blue balls. Yeah. It- 
it's not great. Uh, Tobin was also a staunch Roman Catholic with strong religious views, and some aliases used by Bible John were similar to the ones that Tobin used as well. And remember again from last week, Bible John got his name from quoting Bible verses to his victims, which was especially heard during his third and final killing from the sister of the victim. Revenge! Revenge! Criminologist David Wilson spent a lot of time on Tobin's case for three years and believes that there is enough evidence to prove that Tobin is Bible John. He stated that he believed Tobin was the menstrual murderer during... Oh, I made that poor joke. During his 1991 murder trial and noticed the similarities between his trial and Bible John's conversations with Jean Lanford's sister, the third and final victim. Okay, there, that cleans up from before. Jean Lanford was the final victim. The other girl was a other victim. She's there somewhere. Yeah. Two of the random things that were connected was him um, claiming that he was able to hit a hole-in-one in a golf match and avoiding drinking at clubs and dance halls. To quote Dr. Wilson, I didn't set out to prove Tobin was Bible John, but it would, but I would stake my professional reputation on it. Authorities were never able to absolutely rule out Tobin via DNA testing as the samples taken from the crime scene have deteriorated due to poor storage. How convenient. Yeah, well, we got to think when uh, the 80s were happening, DNA wasn't that advanced. Yeah, it was still in its very early stages. So they didn't really... Yeah, they got new equipment in 96. That's why they dug that guy up. Facts is what I'll say. Police investigators initiated Operation Anagram in 2006, which was not to create more anagrams for different departments, but it was to track Tobin's movements to determine the extent of his crimes. One woman came forward and told police that she was raped by Tobin at the Barlow and Barroom in 1968, the location E and year of the Bible John murders. Convenient. Convenient. However, what was not convenient was Tobin being eliminated as a suspect following their discovery that he was not even in the area for the last two murders. Not only did he move, but Operation Anagram uncovered that he was at his new location when the final two murders occurred. So there was not even a slight chance that he traveled to the area to the killing. And he was also in police custody during one of the killings for an unrelated crime. This is the most confusing episode of Scooby-Doo ever. <laughs> I, I would have gotten away with it. Oh, wait. I dig some Bible, John. Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Where is the warrant? So I'm going to get away with this. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just always have this thing where like most of those guys get away because they never get a warrant. That's fair. Anyway, anyway. Uh, another thing that I said in the first episode of this, um, you both asked me, and if you guys can remember, about the bite marks, if they were ever used to find out who the murderer was. I sure do. Well, then you'll probably remember me explaining this the first time around, that they compared the bite marks to Tobin Seath and the results were inconclusive. Despite the degradation of the DNA sample, it was tested against Tobin's semen demons, and the results were also inconclusive. Thanks for clearing that up. I totally remembered it, though. (laughs) 
Well, you know what? Our listeners don't remember because uh, it was never published. So they can go back in time and listen to the first episode. That they can. That they can. Which and they should actually our that last episode is now our most listened to episode of this podcast. Wow, they've been waiting for this one for a while, huh? <laughs> they have such a cliffhanger. Um, senior investigator David Swindle, who led Operation Anagram, stated that the operation ensured that there was no clear-cut evidence that Tobin was Bible John, effectively rolling him out as a suspect. Yeah, I'll buy it. Well, tough shit. Because soon the sucks before they still suck. Yeah, cops and cops and do not uh, do a great job. However, the manhunt. Soon the manhunt would be over and the case would remain unsolved. The case remains open. However, investigators believe that the killer was protected by someone important. However, with advances in the science, it is possible that one day there might be an answer to who killed these three poor women. Women. Um, there was once a theory that arose that this was not a serial killer, but instead an act of pure coincidence. Considering an 18-month gap between killings is very unusual for a serial killer. Which could actually open the door for Tobin being the perp for the first murder. Buy it. Yeah, it's, it's very plausible. However, police did face criticism for jumping to the conclusion that three, that the three murders were committed by the same person. Which could have and most definitely would have hampered the investigation. So I don't have any sort of proof that Tobin did any of this shit, but like, I kind of hope it's him. He's a fucking prick. Well, there is some kind of proof that he did the first murder. Um, he was in the area. There's a lot of similarities between his murders and the first murder. So it's possible. And the violence. And the violence, yeah. The main difference would have been the fact that the first woman in the Bible John killings was left in the public where he always kind of hit his victims. But yeah, he got he learned that he that could have been harder. Work smarter, not harder. Maybe the first uh, one was a panic killing. That, that that's actually huh, actually a good point. Yeah, I have several theories. The sole witness to have engaged with Bible John, Jean Lanford, died in September of 1910. Wait, 2010. That's a typo. 2010. At the age of 74. Before her death, she told authorities that Tobin was not the murderer. So after two weeks that are kind of more so split between a month between these episodes by Bible John, what are your theories? What are your beliefs? Can you believe it's not butter? Let us know your thoughts on these crimes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she's cuddled up the Snorlax pillow, and she's like, "Here, <gasps> yeah, shut." That's great. Are you gonna be okay to read because you're next? Yeah, maybe. But before before we get there, Billy, what's your what's your thoughts on this? So. It seems they made a whole big deal out of this. Well, the first one was out in the open, and his were hidden away. But, like, yeah, you're going to get smarter about doing it. Maybe the first one was a panic kill, and you kind of liked how it felt, so now you're going to get better at it. That's true. That's a very good theory. I watch crime shows. 
I watched Discovery. Oh, wait. You're up next. I wasn't sure if you guys were done with your theories. I believe they had like with John and and the thought the whole entire time, but they would just didn't have enough evidence to prove them. It's possible. That happens all the time. Yeah, I think the cops did a shady, uh, shady job. I have hiccups. Yeah, you have the drunk ups. Oh yeah, cheese stick. Cheese steak or cheese stick? Cheese stick. <laughs> I didn't know you were making them. This is a long episode. Mm-hmm. Our thick went on a really long time. Some of us have work in the morning. Yeah, I'm free all weekend. I'm not doing a damn thing. Yeah. Circle back. It's my turn. It is uh your turn. Okay. The Well Street. God damn it. The Well what? Well Street Haunted House. <laughs> the <laughs> The Well Street Haunted House. I picked a story for the second time that we're recording it. <laughs> um for a local haunting here in Wilkes-Barre, PA. Or Wilkes-Barre, depending on how you pronounce Wilkes Bar. There's so many ways. Yeah. Hey, we've got people from from Iceland. Listen to us, all right? Get this right. There's multiple ways. As as locals like to call it the WB because no one knows how to say it. So I picked a local place that was haunted. And it is actually only four minutes away from my job. Baby, going off script. Shush your face. I haven't even started my script. (laughs) And it is one of uh, one of the most common known, I would say. Um, if you talk about haunted houses in the areas, people are like, "Oh man, did you hear about the Wall Street?" So it was what it's been. It's been well well documented in the area. So today I will tell you a little story about that. I'm excited. Oh yeah, to absorb everything you didn't hear the first time. Yep. Okay. Now we're educated. We, yeah. can, we can throw in uh, little bits. Yeah. In December of 2013, um, a man named Tim Woods bought a house in the city of Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. You think you would have bought a house in the woods? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, Tim. 46 South Well Street was a modest four-bedroom, two-bath wooden house on a street in this, um, just as this, um, familiar properties in the area looked like back in the day. Um, it was a gray-green wooded siding, small front yard-looking house. If you look, if you're familiar with Wilkes-Barre, all the houses, pretty you much... You could probably buy drugs from them. They pretty much look the same. Different color, different different sizes, but they all have the same layout. As we looked in the houses in the area when we were looking for buying, they all have the same layout. But yes, this was a house just like every other, except it had a little pizzazz, to say at least. Spirit fingers. <laughs> the old house was sold for just a whopping price of $41,000. Um, it was run down and indeed of renovations. Indeed, it was indeed. I mean, in need, it was indeed. You know what? <laughs> Regardless, it was indeed or in need, it was indeed in need. Of res- <laughs> I don't give a shit if the house is on 41 grand. I, yeah, that's crazy cheap, Mr. Uh, Mr. Woods, however. 
he didn't buy the house to renovate it and and live in. He he pretty much purchased the house because it was haunted. He wanted to be able to broadcast this. He bought the house on purpose. Yeah, fuck yeah, forty one grand. Yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah, I'm gonna rent this house for a cheap forty one thousand dollars. Do a quick documentary and sell it again. Um, <laughs> the well. Wall Street has, make money off the movies. Yep. Wall Street has been advertised for sale um, in 2013 as authentic haunted house. You know you are making the local newspapers when you are like, hey, anybody want to buy this authentic haunted house? Most ones are local that you do this. Shut up. I'm serious. The house was, uh, had a pretty nasty reputation according to the newspaper articles in the surrounding neighborhoods. No one wanted to buy the house. Anybody who who looked at it, they're pretty much outsiders. They didn't have the the history or they didn't know the reputation of the neighborhood or the house. Well, you open with, oh, hey, it's a haunted house. Let's go fuck with some people. Well, locals knew. But yeah, I think these big shots from New York and New Jersey who are just looking to cash buy and renovate, they don't care. They're not looking at the history. Fuck them. Let them with the bolter guys. I don't give a shit. Right? Uh, Woods had had a lifetime interest in ghosts in haunted houses after living in one as a child. The house on Wall Street certainly had a promising history. Holy shit. Oh, this place looks fucked up. Yeah. Can I proceed? Yeah, go ahead. In 1846, industrialist Augustus C. Landing inherited some land on what was known as Wall Street today from his mother. He had built 46 South Wall Street and lived in there until 1869. When he sold his home and his business, he then later died in 1875. He lived to the right age of 67, which is young. It's good for the time. It's young, but it's good for the time. For the time, yeah. The land Augustus built his house on, most of Wilkes-Barre and pretty much Pennsylvania was known to be soaked in the blood and turmoil. Um, the, <laughs> it has been a site of war and conflict between native tribes who occupied the land and uh, and the eastern, the European settlers. So basically it was doomed to begin with because it was one of those old Indian tribal poltergeist sightings that people build lands like they built things on that was cursed sounds familiar no, we just we just asked them to leave and then it's called the trail of tears because they cried for how long they had to walk manifest destiny good old <laughs> billy ray cyrus and his trail of tears uh, <laughs> from the late 19th century to the mid 20th century the house went through three sheriff sales, uh, sales estates and public option auctions where it was just kind of like, they're like, hey, buy this house. We're going to have a quick fire sale. Just just go ahead. Everybody, <laughs> take this house, please. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Uh, if you call right now. The reason why it was put in such state is because strange deaths and tragedies have occurred on the Well Street house. The property has been compared to that of its own 
Dun dun dun. If it hasn't sound familiar yet, Amityville Horror House. What's that? Odd occurrences and deaths of um, Langling's uh, nephew had been killed there during the during a fire when lightning struck the barn. Uh, it ignited a fire and left his nephew trapped under in his body. It was get it. His body was trapped underneath the horse in the barn. How do you get see biscuit? He'll be fine. How do you get trapped underneath the horse unless someone because someone says hi and yell hey? That's also a way. Or the house says, or the horse says, "Do you want to go for a ride?" And he goes, "Nay." Or the horse died as he was on it. I don't fucking know, dude. No. Well, the barn caught <laughs> the barn caught on fire, no. and the horse collapsed on top of him. A lot of there's a lot of speculation saying that it was indeed planted. Now, why would you be next to a horse if it's about to fall over due to a fire? Shit, shit out. Maybe he's a little kid. Maybe he's hiding next to the horse. He uses the horse for comfort. You don't know. There's an island like that. What's his name? Charlie? Charlie no. Horse? Shush. Charlie Horse. Okay. Wilbur. <laughs> oh. Other instances, including a man dropping dead while walking in front of the house for no other, for no known reason at, at all. Uh, there had <laughs> there had also been <laughs> two suicides and four deaths at the house. Uh, when it was a rental, as well as re- residents that have suffered from mental and physical illness. The house is pretty much cursed. You can't even walk in front of it without dropping dead. Why did you try driving us in front of this house like two weeks Where's this place? I'm going to take a walk when I come up. Well, it's probably near a, if it's near a George Street, you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm great at finding those. Yeah, George Street, Wilkes Bear. Um, Taylor. Well, <laughs> most of these yeah. events have reported um, people of hearing sounds as footsteps, moans, screaks, uh, and they've also appeared to see uh, blood spots on the walls in the living room. Get this the blood flow off the walls. Yeah. Don't go. Oh. Also, there's no George in Wilkesburg, but there's a George Afno. Sure is. <laughs> we had our wedding shower there. On the street? On George Avenue. What the fuck is she right? That was George Avenue? He, oh my goodness. I don't look at street that, signs. That brings us back to Welp, fuck our wedding. <laughs> He's, He's got up. one eye and it's focused on the road. The other one can't look at the signs. Well, anyways, this Pennsylvania American uh, Amityville whorehouse, this has so much controversial. Um, the property has often been advertised as one of the most haunted houses in the whole entire state. Now, I've heard of other ones, but this one is considered a local celebrity haunted house. Uh, visited by local paranormal investigations in Wilkes-Barre uh, of 2013, the house was the subject of a viral property listing that was claimed that the house was haunted. And in December of 2013, the property was purchased by Mr. Woods himself, and his streaming paranormal reality website, Live Sci-Fi TV. I watched some videos. I've seen some footage. Some of it's pretty much long. 
I'm not being subjective here, but some of it, like there's some things like tugging on t-shirts or faces being glitched, things that just look like it couldn't be altered in any other way. But most of all, we're just radio, like the, the radio's change stations and it sounds like it was saying, trying to say words. But other than that, it really wasn't anything like out of the ordinary. You didn't see people getting thrown across the, the fucking the house. It wasn't extraordinary, like, oh, my God, in my point of view. So There was no um, Zach Vegas is what you're saying. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like you would see in the movies. However, they did film this famous local house. Um, strange phenomenon occurred in ranging from visions of blood dripping on the walls, which wasn't caught on video. Uh, ghost visits, which was like considered the conversations heard on the radio. And strange noises in the attic. Those, however, you know, being biased, there was some strange noises on videos, but it could have been made by anything. Knocking, um, scratching noises. It could be biased. Even the other rooms. Yeah, yeah, like I said, it's just one of those things, like I didn't see anything out of the ordinary. Uh, the Wall Street Ghost caught on film can be found on YouTube. Um, it's just a shift of darkness. And honestly, I watched the video like five times. I zoomed in. It's just, it looks like someone walked by reflective light. It didn't look like anything crazy. Also, um, John... Zaphis, a paranormal investigator, spent several days inside this house. And if anybody who follows any kind of paranormal investigators, if that name sounds familiar to you, he is a nephew of the famous Ed and Lorraine Warren, which who, you know, everybody knows as famous paranormal investigators. These fucking people. I mean, there was conversations had, but all the conversations that this, that, you know, the nephew had was over some kind of radio system where they were making contact through a radio and you're just trying to make out words from a song or from bits of pieces of radio static. So it was just, it was hearsay. But today, this house <laughs> has had the same owner since 2019, which sold with a grand whopping how much? Uh, according to this wonderful research you did with no prior information that I have, $16,000. Which kind of matches up to your $16. It's my $16? $16,000. Wah, wah, wah. But if you can buy a house, a, a three-bedroom house, for $16,000 in the middle of a pandemic. Um, did, was this before the... Oh, I guess that was during the pandemic. Yeah. No, 2019 was pre-pandemic. Well, depends no, on what part of 2019. Hold on, hold on. We got, I think there's an exact month on here. Hold on. It was like March 2020. March 2020 is when everything shut down. No, but, not it, yet. but 2019 was when COVID became a thing and people started saying, hey, this is to be taken Something shut down on March yet. Yeah, because my company shut down the first week of March. I was in DC at a public basketball game in March. I'm just shut down yet. Pennsylvania. Look, the more you get south, the less brains they have. And oh, look here, that's fair because DC, that's the last brand you can get. So this sold May 7, 2019. Yeah, so that was pre pandemic. I would I would say 2019, like November. You kind of just contradict yourself. You said March, stuff shut down. And you just... But I'm saying stuff had happened in 
the end of yeah the it end was of, a thing but like i yeah, consider it the pandemic like the shutdown yeah like 2019 the end of 2019 people started talking about oh this this is covid19 this disgusting virus flu-like symptoms that you're going to get is is doing this harm this basement just looks haunted look at that no one was taking yeah that that's a haunted basement. That's probably one of the most haunted places in the house. They were saying, "Oh wow, that is portal." Oh, you shut your mouth. But no, but you know what I mean. Holes in the curtains. Well, that's just that's from crackheads. Yeah, that's that's. I live in Google County. That's crackheads. Yeah, that's from crackheads. However, it was sold for a whopping sixteen thousand dollar price tag. Uh, I would say in conclusion to the YouTube videos I've watched, I am skeptic. It is 50-50. Like some things kind of like, oh, this could be haunted. And the other's like, oh, this could be for publicity. Uh, so I'm very, very 50-50 on this one. I can't say too much about it. Uh, I'm asking our listeners to, um, who are li- listening, just to give it a watch and give us some full send uh, feedback to see what they think of everything that's going on or is it bogus or could there be something there? We, I mean, the videos are on YouTube, so why not give them a watch, entertain yourself? I think there's actually a ghost. I think there's actually a ghost in this one picture on the Hepan Solo. Yeah, I can't see him. <laughs> it's just the guy sitting all the way down the hallway. This house is a whopping 20 minutes from our house here. Uh, it is a four-minute travel from where I work. Ooh, so 46. if uh, this is something that I would like to see myself, um, it is a few hop, skip, and a jump away. Uh, I would like to hear from listeners to see if they think it's creepy enough to check out for ourselves or if it's something that we should just say, it's a bust and leave it alone. That's pretty much what I have on the Wall Street haunting. I feel horrified looking at some of these pictures of this interior. The stairs. I'm going to take and... a walk in front of it. <laughs> well, the, stair- the stairwell of this house is probably the most haunted and the basement. A lot of people say they hear creeps in the stairs. Um, it's also like a really weird windy stair staircase where it's just outdated and it looks weird. Um it was built in the 1800s, right? Yeah, it was built a long, long time ago. This guy, he... he, he just, yeah, I mean... Just like just like the, anime, the Amityville Horror House, it was one of those things that were built on native lands, and they believed that the native spirits were there to attack the white man for building on their land and taking what was theirs. Um, so it just depends on if you believe in old tales of the country's first settlers or, you know, who people lived here first. And I mean, it, it depends on good. how you believe. It's more of a spiritual thing. Fuck the white man. Money. No, that's that's everything. So that's that's my Wall Street. So do I have any thoughts? <laughs> on Wall Street? Yeah. You want to take a walk? Well, uh, I'm looking at pictures of this house, and uh, it looks creepy. It Gokupanzillo. Um, well, for anyone's listening, you got rooms with different color carpeting. You got this kitchen just looks out of 
I just I, I don't know. I don't like it. How tacky. Um, let's just say if I was someone who was doing like a methamphetamine kind of drug, I don't think I'd even go here. All right, what's this place of address? <laughs> oh, we're, where is she when we need her? She's it's her topic. 46 South Well Street. Like the first picture you see is a piece of wood up against a window that is covered by wood. Oh, 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 oh yeah, okay. Yep, yeah, uh, go to the fourth picture if you're on Zillow and it, you just you just see the basement. It's 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 not good. There is uh, a, a bag of something. I'm going to assume. Is that a body? That's either human remains or possibly a cattle or a goat. Um, I don't know. All right. Not going to lie. I probably wouldn't buy this house. Oh, we're doing $16,000. Yeah. It's not that it's creepy. It's just that I'm not handy. Uh, go go to uh, picture seven on, on yeah, Zillow and you will see just pure, just carp. No, no windows, just wood just put up. Yeah, no, like I'm not handy, so this house would not be good. Uh, th- this house would not be good if you are handy, because th- this is definitely haunted. Oh yeah, those definitely crackhead curtains. Uh, go to, go to picture seventeen. There's a random like mini grill on the floor next to the table. Do you see that? That's another that that mini grill. Where? A little black thing down there. Yeah. Yeah, that that's weird to me. Also, picture to the back. Like they got a mini grill and they got groceries on the other side. I don't like this. You said seventeen. Uh, yeah, picture seventeen. It's um, because there's a random small little circular table underneath a light, and on the bottom left behind the chair. Oh yeah, that's that's totally a Coleman. <laughs> yeah, but like you're selling a house. Why why put that there? I don't I don't like it. Okay, let's 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 move on. I don't like this. Getting weirded out. I I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued. The brick in the fucking living room looks. Ooh, would oh yep yep. We want the round. Oh, this is a this place is classy. Here's the thing though. I'm looking uh picture twenty four. I'm getting paint. There's okay. She's eating a wane. Um, half the room is brick. Half the room is not brick. No wonder these fucking stairs creak and crack. Those things fall in. <laughs> yeah, that's not good foundation. Christ. All right, I'm, I'm, let's move on from that. I, I, I see we have an old Fort Erie here. Uh, we getting into the uh, the war time. Yeah, I, I got no trenches for this. I, I, I just give up because this, this house just looks like. I don't know. It's been a long time since I researched this, so there might be Native Americans. There is. Yeah, there's Native Americans. I remember that. Native Americans, British Americans. Uh, no one's a good people. Um, there's ghosts yeah, involved. The, the Native Americans were on their walk because, and they were crying because it was too long. Wait, I thought it was a trail of tears. <laughs> yeah, they were walking along the trail of tears, but they were crying because it was too long. And then the British were dicks. Ha. It wasn't the Americans. British were dicks. Americans do nothing wrong ever. I'm reading Florida textbooks. Yeah, I would say, according to our te- our fourth grade textbooks, America is always a good guy. Yeah, Christopher Columbus, God among men. Did you know in the new Floridian uh, textbooks? It, actually, we listen to the same podcast. You've probably heard this already. Oh, um, slavery is trade school. Yeah, slavery taught African Americans uh, 
necessary skills. Yeah, thank you, Dollop. Dave Anthony, if you're listening, which I doubt, good job. <laughs> hey, if they listened, that'd be great. Yo, I'm trying to get Kyle and Ian on here. That'd be great. I know, I want to tell them about spooky stuff. <laughs> okay, old Fort Erie. All right, let's get into this. Just again. Yeah, prepare to hear it again. Uh, grab those passports, rejects. We're taking about a seven-hour drive north of the border to Old Fort Erie, right across the Niagara River in Buffalo. Uh, I think there's some falls or something up there of some sort, uh, but I'm just here for the ghosts. Uh, between British and American soldiers haunting the grounds, wartime is still very much alive in Canada. Uh, originally built by the British in a line of forts along the Niagara River on the Canadian side, uh, Fort Erie was constructed after the British kind of claimed the land as theirs because white, sure. Hmm. Uh, yeah. It served as this. <laughs> we're really, we're really digging into the natives today, huh? Manifest destiny. Uh, the fort served as a supply depot and port for transport ships of merchandise, civilian passengers, and even more troops during the French and Indian War, otherwise known as the Seven Years' War. Uh, the fort wasn't actually completed by the time the Treaty of Paris was signed in 1763, so it was the time, I guess. Important treaty. Uh, yeah, and a lot of wars. Uh, during the American Revolution, the fort served as, supply, as, a, as a supply base for the British, Loyalist Rangers, and Alloyed Iroquois forces. See, they were on our side. Yeah, some natives uh, were. I'm sure they would later regret it, but they were. Well, I don't know if anything bad ever happened to them. <laughs> Everything went well. Uh, after this, the history kind of goes dark for a couple of years. Uh, but over time, the fort was basically left to just ruins. Uh, by 1795, there were only wooden blockhouses surrounded by the usual fort palisades around the entire structure. Uh, in 1803, following a brutal Canadian winter, the fort was in disrepair and was planned to be reconstructed instead of rebuilding with wood like the original structure, though. The new building was made of Onondaga flintstone that was prevalent to the area. I'm so glad I put the fucking spelling in there. Yeah, that's a good call. Onondaga. Uh, fast forward to 1812 when the United States had war. June 18th of 1812, uh, starting the 4th of 1812. Uh, they weren't really great at naming things back then, so they just went with the War of 1812. Which is kind of funny, because it went to like 1814 or 1815. I think I have a joke in here about that, I'm not sure. Spoiler huh. alert again, Kodak, God damn it! Can you shut my mouth? Uh, the British still held control of the fort until 1813, when the United States took control of the of the fort, only to abandon it on June 9th of the same year. Uh, British troops reclaimed the fort in December of 1813. Uh, a lot of changing of hands going on, and it made it really confusing to write all of this up with accuracy, I assume, at the time. That's fair. Uh, on July 3rd of 1814, a separate American force landed in the area and quickly recaptured the fort. Uh, they mostly just used it as a supply depot. However, the American forces did expand the fort and added further defensive measures. After the Battle of Chippewa and Lundy's Lane in the area, American forces withdrew their efforts back to old Fort Erie. It was just Erie then. Fort Erie. It wasn't old. old Fort Erie. God damn it, you put something in here. I have no idea what you're talking about because I am totally against spoilers. 
I'm going to try to do it. <laughs> uh, the soldiers didn't have a lot of time to recover as the British launched a massive siege on the fort, planning to take back what was once theirs. I fucking did it. <laughs> Good job. Uh, this would later become known as the Siege of Fort Erie and would go down as the bloodiest battle of the war. I think it's like the bloodiest battle in Canada, too, actually. Uh, during the attack, somehow a fire got started in the area the powder was stored. Um, the powder caused an explosion to the side of, a fort, of the fort, killing several people along with a large British force just outside the walls. Uh, Britain retreated after losing over... 4,000 men in total. USA. USA. I think that was over like a two-day period, too, so that's pretty high knowledge. We are farmers. Bum, ba -dum, bum, bum. <laughs> Shortly after, with winter approaching, the Americans decided to leave the fourth on November 5th, 1814. Remember, remember, the 5th of November. That doesn't have anything to do with us. <laughs> Uh, after hearing word, uh, they retreated the fort November 5th, 1814, after hearing word of forces being attacked on the eastern seaboard. Um, before the Americans left, though, be, uh, they destroyed it because that's who we are. Uh, after right. the troops had left for Buffalo, the British began to reoccupy the destroyed fort once more. Uh, they had feared more American attacks were coming to occupy the land. Uh, when that didn't happen, they just kind of abandoned it in uh, 1823. So the war ended in 1814. They just hung out in 1823 like, oh, it could happen. Makes sense. Hey, can't trust those Brits. Yankees are coming. Uh, after the War of 1812 that lasted until 1814, uh, uh, the 14th seemed much action for a very long time. Uh, somewhere along the line of history, Britain regained control, uh, and in 1866, the fort was under attack once again by a bunch of pissed-off Irishmen. Yee. Uh The Fenians were angry Irishmen in Ireland fighting against the oppression of the Brits. Some American Irish decided they wanted in on the action and began raiding British-occupied areas. Uh, after crossing the Niagara River on June 1st of 1866, the Fenians began a large attack on the fort of over a thousand men. Uh, after quickly taking the fort, the Fenians demanded food and horses from the town, but it's the mid-1800s in rural Canada. Get the fuck out. They don't have it. Uh, after they get the supplies they demanded and fearing a near, nearing British militia, the commander decided to bail out back to America. The shore the good old red, white, and blue were protected by American forces, and upon returning to the motherland, somewhere near 850 Fenians surrendered immediately, while others straight up deserted to grab some sexy poutine. You left sexy in there, you yes. son of a bitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got it. Yo, poutine is sexy, though. I scroll down to try and find like where I can just slide one word in, because if you, if it's just one word, you won't see it. And like I may have put sexy poutine. I don't remember. <laughs> yep, found the perfect spot. Finally got it. Uh, this would be the last raid of the Fenians in Canada. Uh, following the raid, the fort sat vacant with just remnants of it remaining until 1901 when it was sold to old. Why didn't do that? Oh. oh, that's following the, 
Oh, yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Oh. Sorry, my Florida got the best of me. Oh. Canceled. Look, now she's just trying to get it canceled. You didn't say it. I almost did. Anyways. Uh, following the raids, the Fort Sad Bacon were just remnants of her remaining until 1901 when it was sold to the Parks Commission. Oh. <laughs> it was again. Would it be Niagara Parks Commission? It was supposed to be. No, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it was Niagara Parks Commission. <laughs> uh, a monument was erected in the ruins commemorating the history of the old fort. Until everything was settled, the reconstruction of the fort wasn't started until 1937. Uh, the reconstruction was a way to keep people employed for a long time during the Depression years. Uh, some people were doing some good, I guess. Uh, the fort was rebuilt following blueprints during the War of 1812. And during the renovations, workers uncovered a mass burial site with 150 British soldiers and only three Americans. Because we're better at war. God damn right. Uh, the only way they were able to be just, you know, figured out as uh, the who's who's were uh, buttons on their battle jackets. Hmm. I think Americans had copper and uh, British had bronze or something like that. Silly British. Uh, today, the fort offers tours complete with the workers dressing for the time period of 1812. Uh, the tour includes a museum that actually holds some of the bones they discovered during the rebuild in the mass burial site. Uh, visitors also have noted all types of supernatural happenings, with a lot of it believed to be surrounded by the powder magazine explosion. I did not segue into ghosts very well on that at all. Send it. Our first... Oh, our first friend on our ghostly tour is the Top Hat Man. Uh, the Top Hat Man is likely a residual haunting, as several people have witnessed the same action by the same spirit. Uh, it's said to be a dark shadow wearing a top hat that is in the kitchen area and walking toward the magazine that exploded. Uh, these were possibly the last moments of his life before the explosion. Um, the only thing that really seems weird to me about the whole you know, recanting of the tale is um, the shadow apparently had glowing white eyes, which I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's a different one. Uh, another ghost we have, uh, visitors and workers alike have reported seeing the headless sergeant. This is my favorite one. I'm intrigued. Uh, during, a, during a lull in the action during the siege, Sergeant Waite decided it was perfect time for a nice shave. Uh, while he was getting the old-fashioned straight razor shave, a cannonball pierced the pierced the hole and took his head clean off. While the barber lost both of his arms, uh, several people have said they've seen a headless man wandering the grounds. His poor booty hole. <laughs> I, I literally started to say it too. <laughs> I know. You picked a bad night for this. <laughs> I picked a great night. Uh, probably the most ominous supernatural experience, in my opinion, occurs in the surgery room. 
um, still used for the reenactments and stuff like that for the tour. Uh, as the story goes, a woman was closing up the fort, and as she was closing the windows in the surgery room, uh, she had seen a reflection of a burly bearded man staring at her in the reflection of the window. Uh, she turned around and no one was there, but when the woman turned back to the window, the man was still there, just staring at her. Uh, the next part is purely speculation, uh, but rumor has it that when renovations began, workers wouldn't uh, would find actual pieces of bodies. Uh, the workers were expected to uh, try to figure out where the rest of the body was, but they weren't given like extra time or money for it. So they said, "Fuck this! I see you typing." Uh, supposedly, they would grind up the bones into the mortar used to build the new Sally Port, uh, which comes from the French of like Sally Pier. It means like the door through or some shit. Uh, I don't know how true this actually is, uh, but the smell of rotting flesh in the Sally Port has made over 15 employees quit touring the port. Should go find out. Cheap. Uh, we have to go to Canada. Blame Canada. Uh, these are just some of the bigger stories coming out of Old Fort Erie in Niagara, Ontario. Honestly, the place looks super peaceful from pictures, and I've seen it from over the river in Buffalo way back when... Oh, way back when I was in a touring band, I remember what I wrote there, I think. You actually only put way back when. Ah, okay. Yeah, well, it was, it, it was in band stuff. Uh, I didn't see any ghosts, but my eyes say it's complete garbage, and uh, that's why this uh, write-up is to 150% right now. Uh, I won't lie to you guys and tell you the research of this place was fun, because with how much it fucking changed hands, it was just kind of hard to keep up with. Yeah. Uh, I hope I did the fourth of justice it deserves. Um, I don't want to piss off the the sergeant. He sounds like a pretty pissed off dude. They're all haunting. A hauntingly good time. That's actually, yeah, that's what I have. I thought I had another page, but I guess I did not. You know, that was, that was a good write-up on a uh, good old historical fort. That probably most people don't realize exists. Or that it's in Canada. Because I totally didn't the first time I heard about it. Well, who cares about Canada? The thing we do is blame them. Look at us, we got health care. Ugh. Why don't you kick the fucking baby, Kyle? <laughs> kick the baby? I don't want to kick the baby. Kick the baby. Mm. Kick the baby. You know how hard it is to keep your child from watching South Park? I gave up. He kicks the baby. I don't kick the baby. According to Cole, it's his favorite show. He's quite the fan of it. I fell asleep to it and woke up to him watching it. Well, that's what happens. Indeed. He's a kid. 
Is it like a lot of the weird things? I mean, he was in this Scooby Doo. Like the old Scooby Dooby Dooby. Where are you? We got a joint to smoke. Scooby Dooby Dooby. He also loves Futurama, so. Yeah, Futurama will cut you deep, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, I it know. did. It did. Oh, I know. That, that uh, Seymour episode, the one that fucked you up yesterday. Oh, when I woke up to fucking walking on sunshine. Yep. It destroyed him. Oh. Yeah. It probably didn't help when he asked me if the episode gets better. I'm like, yep. It sure does. He's like, does this end? Does this, does this episode get happy? I'm like, yep. He got so mad at me. Yeah, the dog lives. <laughs> he lived 13 years without prior. It's fine. Yeah, but as I was playing, as that scene was playing, he just got so upset and took it out all on me because I told him it gets better. Matt Grading used Futurama in a way that he couldn't use the Simpsons. Canada. So, big question. Is our next episode the pirate special? I'm down to do a pirate special. I didn't do anything for Eloise because, well, my computer was at your house. Well, I have like two and a half write-ups done, but none of them are about pirates, but I can get one done for next week. I can do a pirate write-up. All right, so we're doing pirate special for next week. Yar, because we were pirates. Yar, we were pirates. We we're on out our combs and everything. I'll splash around. Splashing. Mm. Yes, yes. Mm, yes, I'm splashing. Mm. Mm. Yes. Mm. I'll find out where all the rum is gone. I did not do it. Yeah, I did. I totally did it. <laughs> well then if we know we're doing next week and we wrapped up this week I think it's time to full fucking send it it is time to full fucking send it we are so glad you guys stayed with us we will get this episode out hopefully on Monday here's hoping ah yeah we should do that but we're out near two hours of recording, so it is time for us to log off. Oh, yeah. Time for us to log off and prepare for this week. And as we do, sail the seven seas and full send it. Full fucking send it. R.I.P. Terry and Brace, end it.